0: Welcome to There's a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 280 five-star reviews on Zillow, and they are consummate professionals trained and educated in the field, which I think is really important. I want to send a shout out to Jonathan's family and their son, who's actually playing in Cooperstown. They got invited to go to play in Cooperstown, New York for the Little League Championships. And uh, it's a tournament going on and they're going to be there all week. And I think that's pretty darn cool. I've been to that city, and if you love baseball, it is the place to go. So I wish them a good time. I'm sure his staff will be holding it down for you as they're gone, and their information will be in the show notes. All right. So today, I want to teach you how to eat healthy. Eat healthy. All right. That's the key. Eat healthy. Alright, healthy. I didn't say anything about weight loss. We talk about weight loss all of the time. To lose weight, energy in has to be less than energy out. And you know what? I mean, it is like all over the place and I talk about it a lot. But you know, I wish we didn't have to talk about it so much. I mean, I wish we didn't have to talk about obesity And the overweight epidemics and people trying to lose weight. I mean, I I wish we didn't. I mean, we jumped back 50, 60 years ago, which is, I know, a very long time ago, and only 30% of the country was overweight or obese, and now about 70% is. So there was a time period when it wasn't the national obsession that it is now, or really the worldwide obsession that it is now. There was a time period where it was pretty unusual to be obese, right? And I'm not mocking anybody. I mean, there are definitely some conditions that make it a lot harder. I understand that. I'm trying to, uh, you know, I hope you understand that. I'm very empathetic to it. I don't necessarily blame individuals. I think it is a complete uh, an overwhelming problem of many, many variables. You know, there, of course, there's always... Some individual part in it And then there is the food companies There is the conveniences There's the marketing I mean, there's all these things It's just a national epidemic And see, there you go Two minutes in And I've already spent 90 seconds or so Speaking about obesity So that's not what it's about This is not what today's topic is about It's about eating healthy We want to lose weight We got to eat less I mean, that's all there is to it But let's go back to a time years and years ago, and I'm talking about even way before those decades in the 30s and 40s where obesity was only around 20 to 30 percent. I mean, way before that, before scales, before weighing ourselves. Okay, so what did people do? What did they do? They weren't as obsessed with the numbers on the scale. I mean, I like metrics. I think metrics and goals are important. And I understand why in the medical community, they have to use metrics like obesity, or I should say body weight and BMI and things like that. I mean, they have to be able to quantify something. And oftentimes they have to be able to quantify something to prescribe specific drugs. So I understand why we need metrics. And in many areas it helps. I like to use metrics in certain situations with people. For example, if somebody's um, uh, working to get into an elite form of the military, like one of the little guys I working with now, he graduated West Point. Now he wants to go to, um, I think it's ranger school. I think that's what it's called. But anyway, he's got to meet a certain metric of pushups. I know is one of the big ones we're working on. So that metric is important because if we don't aim specifically for it, he's not going to hit it. So there's absolute metrics that I believe in. But what if we took all of the scales away? Then how would we know? Right. And if we go back generations, I mean, vanity has always been a part of our DNA. It it just always has. You know, you can put vanity Right up there with survival of the fittest and competition. That is part of our DNA. So to tell somebody to not be so competitive or to tell somebody to not be so vain is literally going against the DNA in many aspects because, you know, and they show it even in, say, like gorilla in the gorilla, um, what do you want to call it, Uh, you know, in, in their natural habitat. So not even being kept in zoos, which I'm not a big fan of, by the way, but in their own natural habitat, they can show that competition and vanity is very, very important for them for natural selection and passing on their gene. And it's actually very entertaining to watch, but you can see the, Male gorillas kind of run back and forth, flexing their muscles and kind of pushing the other gorillas out of the way to try to lure over the female gorilla. And I believe it was something like one in 10 get chosen or something like that when I looked at this. And, uh, you know, so 10%. I mean, that's you know, that's not a very high number. So you better have some good pectoralis major muscles on you if you're a big gorilla, or you better be able to be bigger, stronger, faster than the other guy to knock them off the cliff so you can get what you're aiming for. Well, you know, I hate to break it to you, but we're not that different. We share a lot of the same DNA and, you know, we have built into our DNA the desire to pass our genes on. And a lot of that is going to come From vanity and competition. In in other words, those that tend to look better in society tend to do better. Those that tend to be stronger tend to do better. Those that are more physically fit, especially in the older worlds, tended to do better. And just because it's not a huge part of our lives now like we no longer need to be able to walk 100 miles a day to get to a safer area like our ancestors did. Or just because we don't have to scale a tree and get to the very top to escape a predator. Or just because we don't have to have the most uh, attractive body for the mates out there in the jungle. Doesn't mean that these things aren't still built into our DNA. All right. So what do we used to rely on? We used to rely on those kind of natural qualities of health and the skinniest and all that doesn't always translate into the most attractive, the most fit and the most competitive. So I don't know that body weight would ever be used as a metric when we are talking about what is true to our survival, but what is are the things that I already mentioned. So what would we do different if we threw that metric out a little bit and just focused on being healthy, just really focused on being healthy? And think about those things that I just described that's naturally in our DNA To be healthy. So, again, there's the attractability part, right? Well, you know, we use weight a lot, but when we look back at some of the people that we put up there as like super attractive, like if you're looking at the male perspective to the females or, you know, whatever you're into, which I really could care less about you know, then we look at, say, like Marilyn Monroe. Well, she wasn't the lightest person in the world, but she was the desire of many, many, many people. So she was obviously attracted, attractive to most people. Or you can maybe look at Arnold Schwarzenegger if you're into the, say, bigger physiques and, you know, his weight was up there and you probably couldn't even guess what it is because, It didn't really matter to you. Uh, A little later than these two, we can look at Gabrielle Reese, who was a volleyball player who was considered to have the perfect body at one point. And I used to shock my students when I would show them a picture of her and ask them what she weighed, and they would all say like 115 and something like that. And i said, well, I hate to break it to you. She's 170 pounds. Because she's six foot and whatever. But the point is, it never even came to their mind that what, you know, they were thinking, well, attractive means light, but that is not always true. There are so many variables with that. And if we were eating healthy for our vanity, which is part of our DNA, so I'm not saying don't be vain, it's obviously how we handle everything, right? So it is sort of a push for it, but there's so many variables. I mean, there's Skin color, you know, skin tone, I should say. There's complexion. There is hair quality. There is tonicity. Part of it is weight, but there's all these other variables. It's also how you carry yourself with your posture. So if we thought, okay, so I want to be healthy. I want to eat healthy to bring that out, and I'm not overly concerned with the scale, I think we might tend to make better choices all the time. Or if we're going to our other thing that pushes our DNA to say, have more endurance. Because back in the day, you did have to walk 50 to 100 miles a day to get to safer places. And studies show that that is what saved the human race. Because we could not out sprint many predators, but we could keep going. We have the aerobic systems developed to be able to keep Going. If you want more on that, read the book, Born to Run. It's actually very interesting. So we are actually supposed to be able to walk very long distances. So part of our DNA is to be able to have the endurance to do that. That's endurance. That's not speed. That's not strength. Although we need that too. We don't necessarily need speed, but we need the strength. We need the endurance as a Race So part of it is inbred in us to make sure that we get that. Well, how do we do that if we eat a crappy diet, if we don't eat for the health of it? Which I see so many people make that mistake when they're, again, trying to lose weight because they say, oh... I need to cut carbs. And so then they cut these carbs and then they realize, shoot, I don't have any energy to exercise. So then they don't exercise as much or they cut back on their exercise or they don't exercise at all. Well, of course you can't really exercise worth a bean if you are on a low carb diet. It's the carbohydrates that actually fuel all anaerobic exercise your muscle cells cannot use protein and fat for anaerobic exercise so if you're trying to strength train on a low carb diet good luck the only thing you're going to get out of that is gluconeogenesis because your body needs carbs and so your body system is going to find a way to eat its own muscle tissue to supply the energy for carbs so it is not going to happen and that brings us to the last thing that we need right to be healthy And that is strength. We need strength. So, back in the day, if we couldn't get up a tree, we're dead, right? If we couldn't push ourselves off the ground, like doing a push up because prey is coming, we're dead. So, it was built into us to have a certain level of strength, all right? So, what if we don't eat healthfully to increase our strength, as I just mentioned? So, then we don't have any strength. So, if we thought, I need to eat healthy because I want to have a good complexion. I want to have good hair and nails. I do want to have good tonicity. I want to be of a moderate good weight, which I don't know. I'm just going to assume by looking in the mirror and you know what my doctor tells me and what my friends are telling me and how my clothes fit that I am at a good weight and I'm going to quit obsessing on the scale so much. And I want to have energy so... I can do my walking and my cardio respiratory exercise. So I need to eat for that and I need to eat for strength. What if we flipped it that way? What would that look like? You know, thankfully, growing up before I was 10, I lived in a small town called Gardner in New York and my mom was always very health conscious. Now, she was a pretty small lady. She was like 5'2 and probably barely ever weighed 110 pounds And I think that's good because of that, she never obsessed over it. And she didn't necessarily, no, I shouldn't say necessarily, she didn't try at all to keep that weight down. It just wasn't part of her thinking at all. And I think that's good because I think a lot of our obsession over weight transfers down. We project that onto our children and onto our grandchildren And then they tend to have eating disorders or quasi eating disorders where they at least have a bad relationship with food. And that is not a good thing. So I did go through a chubby stage in like junior high and early part of high school, but it wasn't because of that. It was simply because I was eating too much and, uh, you know, bored and lonely and things like that had nothing to do with her influence her influence was always to eat healthy. Like it wasn't about weight control. So I can remember living up there and she would drive to this place called the mill. She would drive me before I was uh, able to go to school yet. And we would go to this place called the mill. And it was this place that, um, you know, made its own bread. So she would get these healthy breads and she would get all these, you know, literally homemade peanut butters that you can get at Publix now. Like She was into this in the early 1970s, right? She was just into that. She kind of came from that movement a little bit. Thank God, because I think it really set me up for the right way to think. Because so often, at least in my house now and growing up, it wasn't about, oh, eat this because it's low calorie and it'll help me lose weight. It was like, no, eat health foods, like health food. Remember, it was really called health food stores for a reason, you know? Do they even call them that anymore or do they call it Whole Foods or whatever? I mean, I guess it's the same thing, but, you know, I don't know. Not really. So what would those foods look like? What, you know, what was she preaching? What do we know now? Because it's not any different. Everybody tries to say, well, you know, they change their minds all the time. And I've gone on that rant before. It's no, they don't. I mean, Maybe the people you're listening to do, but they're the marketing people. But if you go back and look at ba- basic nutrition, it's like, nah, you know they don't do that. Fibers have always been good. Low glycemic index, low sugar foods have always been good. Low fat foods have always been good. Lean proteins from the right sources have always been good. You know, um, um, saturated fats have always been bad. High sugar fats have always been bad. Trans fats have always been bad. I mean, so it's not true that they change their mind. It's just the marketing people do. And, you know, that's on you if you want to continue to listen to them and sell you diet foods, which is, you know, a billion dollar industry in this country. I mean, do you want to be a sheep and follow that? Or do you want to get on the right path and start eating healthfully, you know, healthfully start thinking about your weight all the time, you know, think about getting healthy. And so what would that look like? Well, we got to eat more plants. I mean, Health foods are like high fiber foods. Eat them. Eat as much as you want. What are you worried about? Eat as much spinach as you want. Binge on spinach. Binge on tomatoes. Binge on broccoli. You know, eat a lot of Brussels sprouts. Eat a lot of squashes. You know, eat those foods. Those are good foods. Eat your fruits. I mean, sure, there are some fruits that are better than others. You know, There are some fruits that are higher in sugar and glycemic index like pineapple, watermelons, uh, honeydews. Sure. But come on, man. You know, it, it always makes me kind of chuckle when somebody says, well, I'm going to quit eating bananas. Cause I think they're putting weight on me. I'm like, I hate to break it to you, babe, but those bananas aren't what's putting weight on you. I mean, you're eating 25 a day. I mean, I don't think so. So it just kind of makes me laugh a little bit. And I'm not alone in that. Other people in the wellness industry hear it all the time. It's like, well, I really need to cut back on my fruits. I think that's the problem. Um, So not the wine, not the three glasses of wine at night or the six pack of beer every other day. No, I think it's the fruit. Mm, I don't think it is, but okay, keep telling yourself that. So eat your fruit. Fruit is health food. When I lived up there in that small town, as I said, very fortunate, you know, it was in the country. We had apple orchards all behind us, literally linked to my backyard, went on for miles and. We would go out there as kids, play around and do things, you know, that kids do when they're in the woods. And a lot of times it was eating apples. I mean, I think I sat there and counted. I mean, I'd pull an apple off the tree. We had Macintosh. We had uh, other red apples. They weren't red delicious, I don't think. And we had some green apples. And uh, so, you know, pull them off the tree, clean it on our shirt because they sprayed. So literally, I can remember just wiping off the stuff On my shirt and eating an apple. I mean, come on, man. I didn't sit there and count how many apples I ate in the orchards. And I didn't start to get chubby till I moved down here. So can't blame the fruit. Had everything to do with like eating crap food like Reese's Cups and Slurpees and all these crap foods that these places are pushing on us. And we're too dumb to say no. So that's when it happened. That's not health food. That's junk food, right? And getting back to your food list. Eat whole grain foods with high fiber. I mean, come on, quit freaking out about carbs. It's not the carbs that's doing it. There's a big difference between whole grain carbohydrates with high fiber and sugar. Quit lumping them together. They are different. Eat high fiber foods like high fiber breads, legumes, rices, quinoa, couscous. Eat that stuff. It's health food. Come on, that stuff isn't making you fat. And when people like then go out and they grab like sandwiches at a McDonald's or a place like that, and they're like, oh, I'm eating low carb. It's like, really? Come on, say that to somebody 30 years ago, they'd laugh in your face. I mean, we've just gotten so blinded to what is good food and what isn't. Then get your good natural sources of protein. I mean, the only difference now is we have to be more careful because unfortunately due to factory farming which is in my opinion you know a terrible thing because number 1 the animals are mistreated and number 2 it's pumped through so many drugs pesticides and hormones to keep them alive that that is being passed on to you so health foods nowadays are not going to include those so you know try to eat everything you can free range i mean that is health food go to farmers markets go to lo- local markets go to places where you know, the animals are bred the way they're supposed to be and raised the way they're supposed to be. I mean, those are health foods too. Personally, I'm plant-based. I get my protein from uh, plant-based sources. But the key is we know that saturated fats and all that are not health foods. You know, eating a hamburger, I'm sorry. You have to know that that is not health food. Drives me nuts when I'll have somebody say one day, well, but I didn't eat the bread. It's like, No, but you did eat the 42 grams of saturated fat. So nice job on that. I mean, once again, just getting manipulated by the diet industry. But you know what? That's on you because there's enough good sources out there pushing the narrative in the right direction. You just have to know how to listen. All right. So go through the day thinking about I'm going to eat to be healthy today. I'm going to eat to be healthy. I want to have energy. I want to have good glow to my skin. I want to have good nails. I want to have good hair. I want to be able to keep my posture up because I feel good about myself. I don't feel bloated. I don't feel guilty. I feel good. I want to have energy for my workouts. I want to have energy for my day. I mean, so many people complain about not sleeping and then you look at their diet and you're like, well, no wonder you eat like shit. I mean, why would you sleep good? I mean, your body is processing all these hormones and crap foods that are going through your system because you ingested them. Whether you took it in through, again, eating, you know, meat that's been tainted with stuff or or sugary foods and drinks that you got at Starbucks that are tainted with stuff. I mean, you're not going to feel good when you don't eat good. So I really, really, really want you to eat for health. At least consider it. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Daytona Beach Overhead Door. Jeff and Zach Hawk. They're the owners here locally, which means if you get a door from them, you're getting local service. It's not like you're getting it from one of these big companies who you're not even getting somebody on the phone if you call and order a door. You know, forget about it. And uh, currently, uh, I work with both of the Hawk father-son team, and Zach is currently working on eating super healthy himself. And, you know, when he's eating healthy, he notices it throughout his day when he works, you know, and he works his butt off. Both of them do. So if you really want the best garage doors around, give them a shout. I will put their information in the show notes. All right. Be max fit, be max well, and eat for health today.